Hey crew, back on the podcast today. I've got Pierre Smith, uh, the lovely lady who was on previously, previously this year. She, uh, if you listen to her story, it was about a teenage girl who went for an eating disorder. So, will you say hi? Hi guys. Good. And since then, we've um, she's competed. She's sat on stage. She's done a few cool things. Yeah. That was wicked. So April this year, stepped on stage at ICN for the first time. And that was amazing. I was lucky enough to get some placing, and I had a ball. It was the best experience ever. I loved it. Love it. And what was your and for people who are new to listening to your story, that what was the reason for you stepping on stage? It was to kind of prove like people wrong and challenge myself because from history, it was kind of well to go to a gym was never a thing that I was allowed to do. So when I eventually got to the gym. That was like a big thing and um, I feel like there used to be such a stigma about girls like lifting heavy and getting bulky and I was like well you know I want to prove people wrong and I want to prove to myself that you know what like I can do this I can get strong I can um, push through all the things in my head like telling me I can't do it and um, not to eat and all of this sort of stuff and you got to look skinny and I did it. And it's actually not until after comp that I've actually kind of improved even more and gotten stronger and I feel a lot happier actually. So yeah. It's been um, great. And for people that didn't know or from previous podcasts is that uh, you went for an eating disorder for a long time. I did. Yeah. It was like five or six years and I spent most of my time at PMH in, um, in the ward there back when it was PMH. Um, very very sick spent some time in icu as well and then i i recovered but i was always kind of at a low weight and i still always had in the back of my head things that were holding me back i was still afraid of gaining weight i was afraid of eating things like i was very restrictive i wouldn't touch like rice i wouldn't touch bread wouldn't eat seafood nothing everything was just like clean and green um and then eventually i did when I got to a healthy weight, start going to the gym at the start of 2020. And then I think I said, I spoke about this in the last podcast, how I saw some girls there lifting like heavy and they looked amazing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like if they can do it, so can I. And I think it wasn't until October, November when I was like, right, I'm going to train for a comp. And I did, I placed really well. However, I did go a little bit backwards because I had to start doing cardio and calories drop a little bit when you like shred down and coming out of comp I actually really struggled like it took me a good 16 weeks to get back on my feet um it was really bad I didn't want to stop doing cardio and I didn't want to increase my calories however I worked really closely with my coach and I'm now like eating 2100 calories a day I've gained, <laughs> I've gained eight kilos yep. since comp. I lift like a beast and I'm so freaking happy. Like, honestly, it's it's been amazing. And I my love for the sport has grown. So that's been really cool. I love that. And I've, like, I've met lots of people and I've yeah. learned lots of things. And it's just been like this one big like learning journey, which has been really awesome. And I eat like rice, pasta, carbs. I'm a walking carb. I eat everything. I am. All I do is eat carbs. That's what it feels like. (laughs) And it's great. I'm not complaining. I eat dessert every night. It's 
great. Yeah, I <laughs> love it. Yeah. Uh, what was one of your biggest lessons you learned through um, through the conference? Oh my gosh, there's too many. Yeah. Um, and it was such a hazy time. Biggest lesson would be. What about post comp? Post comp. Yeah. Listen to your coach. Get your calories up. You can't stay in a deficit forever. Mm. You are not meant to be comp lean all year yeah. round. Like 100%. it's it's not sustainable. And the thing is, we think we look so good like that, and it's not till you get to a healthy weight and you look back and you're like, yes, I looked great on stage, but in society that like you're not meant to be like that. It's not healthy. You can't think straight. Like you have prep well they call it prep brain but it's like brain fog yeah and for me like I wasn't sleeping in prep um my heart rate was like really my heart wasn't keeping up my ears would like go in and out like it was you know when you get that weird like it was so weird and I I didn't feel good at all like just getting up and going for a walk was tiring yeah and now it's like I feel so different. Like it's like a different person. You feel normal again. Yeah, yeah. And it's a good feeling. Yeah, and so. to be in that normal state because you do have to push away to your extreme gear to any any performance or physical or physique goal. You have yeah. to push yourself to that extreme yeah. height if you want to do well. I think the most important thing for me is don't. And what I've learned now is I wouldn't recommend going into a prep if you're not prepared for it. Like it is a very selfish sport. You need to be prepared to give it up like give up a lot of things um you need to be financially stable and you need to be dedicated to it there's no point doing it if you can't do all of that yes so. yeah like mentally uh, do you find like the easiest part for you was the training that you the hardest part was like the mental side yeah definitely yeah and one thing now though i know is i wouldn't have been ready to like mentally i wouldn't have been ready to go straight back into prep and prep for like a season b yeah. i needed that time off i needed that growth time and it's been good because i've been able to kind of find who i am again i've been able to have a social life reconnect with everyone because i kind of like i went through such a dark stage and i blocked everyone out because i yeah. just didn't know how to deal with life so yeah and i remember you saying that, i mean up to you if you want to talk about that. You change coaches through part of it too? You find that you're two weeks out, um, I did. She weren't in a good place. Yeah, yeah. and um I am so forever grateful. He's honestly I wanna say like saved my life. Yeah. And he has been it's actually Dan, Dan from Team Epic. Yeah. Yeah. He is amazing and he just won his pro card two weekends ago now. Yes, yeah, which is good. awesome. But yeah, he's helped me so, so much, but also just taught me how to like enjoy the gym again and kind of taught me how to manage like having a life. And he's told me like, you are still young, like you need to be able to enjoy life, eat food, train well, you know, yeah. not be tired and lethargic and, yeah, that's not normal. you know, train, <laughs> For a 20, train heavy. The 20? Almost. You're almost 20, 20, 20 in May next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I think that's really important for a lot of girls because uh, you know, a lot of young girls listen to this podcast and especially your last story and yeah. then following up to the story is that a lot of them want to look like they've been on stage or like they want to do a photo shoot and get comp lean but it's like at what expense are you yeah. willing to go through that? Exactly. Um, is it you know, sacrifice your mental health, your physical health, relationships, um, finances, all those things? There's so much and there's so much behind the scenes that people don't realize like we wake up and it's like 
for us like bikini girls it's like you know you gotta do your stomach vacuums you gotta prep your food you gotta do your cardio you still gotta go to work because you gotta pay for like your nine hundred dollar comp bikini somehow and the shoes and the posing lessons and it's like and then coach and food yep yep and you've still got to have your social life and if you have relationships you still got to be able to be a partner um and then you go train in the afternoon or train in the morning whenever and then you've got to practice your posing and there's there's so much that people don't see behind the scenes yeah, and it all takes its toll. Like, um, it does, like, it does. Every bit, like if you're used to just going to the gym, you know, tracking your food occasionally, and then going to work, it's like multiply that by 10, and that's your comp rep. It's like most people can't handle that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, a lot of people want that, they don't realize what it takes. And that's why I think it's important having you on this podcast to talk about. Yeah. Because a lot of girls, you know, they want that, but it's also the reality of what it takes to get there. And people, the other thing that, find really funny people go like you know what like you know I work out I go to the gym I think I might prep for ICN and I'm like you can't just think you can do that like half the time most people need to actually spend a good year growing and bulking getting their calories up high before you can actually cut back and shred to get comp lean like and that's one thing that I didn't understand either because I didn't I was actually building my calories up going into ICN so I thought I could just shred down, but the thing was, I was already eating no calories, and then I was shredding down to. Yeah, like it makes sense at the time, it doesn't make sense after, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and now I'm like, wow, and now I've learned that you've actually got to build it up so you can get your maintenance calories higher, so then when you shred back down, it's. You're still eating a decent amount. Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot easier, you just have a smoother prep. Yeah, and you feel better. Yeah. yeah. I one of my clients who's prepping, she lost a car like three times in a week. And I was like, I think you need a refill. <laughs> she was like, cutting down. She's like, she walked out from work and she parked a car out the front of the way. Yeah. And she like, thought she parked it in the back car. But she walked up the street and she's like, Cash, I lost my car. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's not where I parked it. I'm like, where'd you park? She's like, I thought I parked it out back. Why is it out front? She's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's an example of comp right now. Yeah, I remember that. Oh my gosh, um, the amount of arguments I had with my mom like, yeah. over this stuff. Because I just couldn't remember anything. Yeah. And like mum gets frustrated because I have a brain like an elephant. Like I, I remember so much so yeah. well. But my gosh, like that, I don't know, six months was such a very hazy time, foggy time for me. Yeah. So. I oh, love it. And what was, uh, what was some of your best experiences about prep? Like your favorite parts? Stepping on stage was it? Stepping on stage was like amazing. It was the best feeling ever. I, I used to do like Latin and ballroom dancing, and I've always loved performing. And stepping on stage, I felt like a Victoria's Secret model, but like a ripped <laughs> Victoria's Secret model. And I just felt so glamorous and pretty. But um, it was funny because I was shaking like a leaf the whole time I was up there. And my dad has a video of me and my front leg was just shaking so much. But it, it was such a good feeling. Like I, I felt so happy. And it felt like all the hard work had finally paid off to be there. To be there, to get up there and yeah. show off all your hard work. And I feel like anyone who steps on that stage is a winner. Because everyone's put in the hard work to get there. Yeah, yeah, love that. And um, leading up into comp, how did you find like 
um, relationships with like family and friends? Because you mentioned like you know you blocked everything out. So um, my friends were really well. My close friends were really supportive of me. Uh, I didn't have a partner at the time, so that was good. And with my family, I was probably a bit moody, like really moody and selfish. Yeah. Um, it was like if anything interfered with my gym time or my cardio time, I was like, sorry, like this is my time, I'm gonna go. Which was a bit rude, but they understood it. Um, yeah, and then obviously after comp, I was like, thank you for supporting me and dealing with me. Yeah. Were your parents proud of you? Yeah, they were. And it was really nice. Both of them came and supported me. My brother actually had a go kart meet on the same weekend, so my dad drove all the way from Wandawi for the show. Luckily, I was on in the morning. He watched me and as soon as I was off, he was back up in Wondawi racing with my brother. So that was cool. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I think that's really important, right? Is having, um, I've spoken to this about a few, a few girls, especially from people, how important it is having that environment around you that supports you. The, the people who you surround yourself with are the most important people. They, it just, it changes the whole, I don't know, the experience and how, I don't know how to put it into words, but people around you, yeah, they really have a big impact on your life. Mm. Um, And having a good support crew is like number one, so important. I think, uh, I've read something I've done, it's like, you know, you can be the brightest star in the world, but if you're locked in a dark room for a year, you're eventually going to dim the light, so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like you're going to adapt to your environment. So, you know, you can be the happiest person in the world and you're in the wrong group of friends that are always negative or the, even if it's family, they're always negative and saying things that, you know, with negative intent, it's going to eventually rub off on you. Um, so yeah. put yourself around positive people and people that support you is so important. And I do feel like, like the last time I competed, I didn't have that much support. Like, yes, my close friends supported me and I had family there, but I didn't. Feel like I had a huge amount of support. I feel like I was doing. It was hard, like because I just I wanted to prove to people that I could do it. So I was kind of doing everything off my own back, which was a little bit hard, but yeah. it was worth it. So. Yeah, you got through there. Yeah. You're saying that, um, and yeah, totally up to you if you want to talk about. You're saying like two weeks out from comp, um, uh, when Dan took over, you like saved your life. Do you feel like you're going in a quite a bad way during that time? I yeah, I definitely was. I was going to pull out of ICN actually um because I was like I'm gonna I was at the gym actually and two of Dan's clients were actually there and saw me and they were actually the ones that came up to me because I was literally about to pass out I was like this is not cool like I can't go on I'm gonna pull out and um I'm glad I did it but I was very close to yeah yeah, and that's the importance of having a good coach and fundamentals from the beginning, right? Yeah. Is um, so when, you, when you make that decision to compete, make, do your research and coach, make sure you go to your coach that you can trust all yes. the way through. Because it's like, you know, if you had an experience where... And listen to your coach. Yeah. It's so important. Like, yeah. just trust them and find someone that you can trust. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Trust and communication. Yeah. Like uh, communicating back, it's like, you know, you, if you're if you actually your coach once or twice a week, you're training, you know, like six, seven times a week. Yeah. Um, and you're not telling them everything of what's happening, they can't help you. Um, and that's, that's for any listeners out there that think you're getting a coach, 
listen to a listen to a coach and a competitor. That you gotta trust them. <laughs> That's my biggest problem is the communication because I'm always worried of upsetting people. Like I don't want to be a pain, so I'll never message them because I'm like I don't want to disturb them. But I know I should because quite so often I'm at home, I'm like oh shit, like so yeah, yeah. Definitely, communication is a big big thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to let go of a client. I think two weeks ago who wanted to compete and should just never communicate anything about what's going on yeah. and for that reason I was like look I can't help you get to your goal um, hopefully someone else can and I can't teach you communication skills that's such a few to learn so yeah sometimes you get things like that as coaches too you just gotta yeah it's hard because some people like I said they really want that goal but understanding the fundamentals like you know, communication trust honesty and then plus for them to work yeah exactly and the other thing is people a lot of the time people blame their own faults on their coach like they think oh he's bad because i didn't or she whoever your coach is is bad because i didn't get this result i'm like well did you perform the task given like did you put in the work you know the coaches can only give you so much you've actually got to go put in the hard yards yeah. to get those results 100 percent, 100 um what's the what's the next stage for you Peter? that's undecided yeah and it will be left up to my coach but obviously bigger and better things and the next time I step on stage, whenever that may be, I will be very unrecognisable, hopefully. Yeah. So I'd like to come back bigger and better. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited and not sure when that will be. Yeah. But still training very hard for it. So. Love that. And um, I think that's important too, right? Is knowing, like, a lot of guys go, I want to compete in this season. And it's like, well, you always need coach when you're ready. Because like even though you might think that you know you're ready, coach will know what you need to do to get you to that point. Yeah. And like you're in a position now where you understand your body. Yeah. And you're being educated to the point that you know where you have to be, which is huge. And enjoy enjoy the off season. Enjoy eating well. Enjoy training with intent and purpose and feeling strong and having the energy to train. Um, it will make you appreciate the prep a whole lot more. That's another big thing that I've learned. Enjoy off season and don't don't feel like you have to rush back to compete. Grow. Because I feel like too many people want to do back to back season and then they're not growing. They're not improving their physique. And the ultimate goal is you don't want to step back on stage looking the same. Like you want to come back better. Yeah. Hundred percent. I love that. And um we were talking earlier about like the difference in physiques between like you know the ICM and the pro leagues and different things and it's like if you if you go like uh, for people who don't know much about what I do, you know, I'm a strength coach, but I only really prep girls for pro league because that standard is that, uh, like, you know, in Sri Lanka, for example, it's just like building athletes like that to look like that is like the ultimate physique sort of thing. Yeah. Where in the other categories or other divisions or slash federations, it's like um, a very different type of physique, which is for, which is awesome to hit, right? But it's like if you want to be at the top of anything, you want to, you want to try and aim for the best type of body you can get and that takes time yeah and yeah. everyone has a different physique so not everyone necessarily suited. is suited yeah. for ifbb the pro leagues yeah. um for me i would i would love to get up on the ifbb stage one day and i look up to the girls at olympia they're obviously yeah. the girls that i aspire to be like i think they're amazing yeah yeah, you've just got to find, if you are going to commit, research the federation, yeah. see what suits you. Yeah. you know, like some, for the girls that are wanting to, you know, get up, do a shoot, 
look glam, maybe WBFF is like more for you. That's like yeah. a Victoria's Secret. Oh, that's so fashion, eh? It it's is. Cool. I mean, I would yeah. love, love, love to do WBFF yeah. one day. Like, it's it's very fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah, just research the different federations because yeah. they're all different and what suits me may not suit you and what suits you might yeah. not suit someone else. Exactly, 100%. That's uh. That's the good thing about having different federations is like there's there's different classes, different categories for every body type. Yeah. Which is so awesome because you know even in the pro league, which is like the top tier for the um, physiques, is that you look at the um, you can have the girls all on stage that do the same posing, same type of training, same type of everything to get there, like the wrist, everything, and they all look different. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's what. This happens to me a lot as coaches get girls having a picture of something like, oh, look about this. I'm like, you're little about that because that's not you. It's not like, your genetic. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, once you start learning about the body in that way, it is so amazing. Yeah. It is so cool. And just seeing how different body types put on muscle and fat like differently, it's really, really cool. And then once you also get to learn how your body puts on muscle and where it goes and all of that, it's also really cool. Yeah, seeing where you're genetically tolerant to building more muscle because everyone's a bit different. Yeah. Like, you're good, like, you know, some people might train bullies a lot and they just, they grow slow. Where yeah. their shoulders might blow up. And yeah. other people are weak, vice versa. So, yeah, it's always it's always fun to watch. And, like, you know, yourself, it's fun to train and feel the difference in growth. Yeah. And uh, your physique sure. change over time. Yeah. <sighs> so much. <laughs> um, another thing, too, like, uh, we're talking about the different federations is knowing that. You know, the girls in the, the pro leagues and things are not exactly, a lot of them are natural too, so you've got to remember if you're going to go down that path, be prepared for that. Yes. Be prepared that um, and performance enhancements are used to get those type of things. That's the other thing as well, I think, um, which for anyone that does want to do IFBB, it's, if you are going to go natural, it's a lot harder. And obviously, like I said before, I would like to get up on the IFBB stage one day but I would like to stay natural. Yeah. And as a young female, like I am a very young female, so I, I've had to tell myself like it's going to take a lot longer to yeah. feel out a little bit more and gain muscle mass. And for me, competing in ICN, to get up on stage on IFBB, I'm going to get up on stage heavier because I will need to be more filled out, more muscular than ICN. Yeah. So. Yeah, 100%. Like you, you look at like how much more muscle you need um, and yeah, it's like, it's just, it's a lot. It <laughs> is. It takes time to it build. It is. And yeah. those girls are absolutely insane, like phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's cool. Yeah, I remember uh, one of the clients I had on there, and the seat in prep, she put on eight kilos of muscle for yeah. it. And it's just like, you know, for a female, it's, it's, it's so much crazy, muscle. crazy, crazy. There's a lot of muscle to put on, like, that's what we're cutting. Do you know what I mean? So, like, to be able to do that, and grow, it just takes, it takes a lot on the body to do that. Mm. And to train that hard, to eat that well, to do all, everything you need to do to, in order to hit that, it takes a lot. Um, and you know, it's just another level up. Every federation that you go up in a tier, if you look like the different tiers of federations, um, you have to push that much harder. And it's like that much more sacrifice. And that yes. much more grip needs going. And the big thing is still being able to push and lift the same in your off season as when you're prepping to keep that muscle like yes you're not going to be as strong but push in your prep even though you're weak and you're tired lifting heavy still you're 
got to maintain that muscle and it's just going to help your physique. Yeah. And I think when I did prep for ICM, because obviously I was new for it, I was kind of just like, oh, I'm eating less, I'm tired, I'll just lift less. Like, low low rep, no, what is it? Low, low weight, weight high reps. reps. Yeah. I was doing that. And now I look back, I'm like, well, that's silly. Like, I could have, you know, really used, like, I could have uh, altered the way I was eating to use my carbs for fuel, train for sure. well, and I feel like I would have had a much better outcome. Yeah. But you learn, like, you live and you learn. Yeah, so, every prep. I, like, I think when I did uh, a podcast with um, Nicole Tan, we were talking about, like, I think she's done eight or nine shows or something. And, like, yeah. You know, every show she's learned something different and like it's just it's never ending which is so cool to watch like I love watching that journey they're just going along and just so each time it's a level up yeah which is really cool yeah so cool. yeah 100% and that's uh, that's the difference between people who want to do it once and people like yourself who are just like long term planning yeah um, and that, that's what makes a difference between people that do really well and people that don't is you know, some people just want to do it once and then just never think about it again which is cool too I mean, nothing wrong with that but it's like, if you constantly want to improve, then why not? Like, yeah. yeah. Especially when you're young. And it, I think it is really cool because I am so young. And for me, I'm like, well, if I want to compete next year or three years, like, I know I've got the time to grow. Obviously, I'm eager to get back on stage. Yeah. But I understand a lot more, like, the growing side. The off-season is, like, one of the most important parts of prepping for a comp. Yeah. So. Yeah, 100%. Um, just how much work needs going, and that's I think the underselling point is you know people see that and you try to say to people like you know yourself you have friends go I want to compete it's like well, this is how much it takes like oh really and it's like oh it doesn't sound that bad I'm like oh, yeah, that's a lot of work and that's what it happens. sounds good <laughs> and I feel like on social media it's it's glammed up yeah like it looks so great it looks appealing yeah <laughs> it's like it'd be funny if like people start like posting the other side of it you know, I know right? yeah. and I know like some people do like post the tears and the hard work of the cardio but I'm like to me I'm like don't post stuff like that you you're the only one you chose to do this yeah no one's forcing you to put your body through it stop trying to make people feel sorry for you like get yeah. over it it's your choice right? it's your choice be grateful that you get to prep like it's a privilege it is yeah you should be like you're lucky to do it and um yeah just don't don't make it be like oh i feel sorry for me because like i'm in prep i've got no calories and i gotta walk up the stairs like come on like this is your choice use the stairs as like a bit of cardio <laughs> like, Train boots. Love yeah <laughs> i love it um i was gonna say so you've got a bit of off uh a bit sidetracked now but uh you got your own business now i do yeah uh, no. about that? so well through prep last year and even before prep I was studying cosmetic tattooing and I'm also studying a So why you keep looking at my tattoos? I do, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You've got lots. Yeah, they're cool, they're cool. Yeah. Um and I'm also studying um I just forgot the name of it, cosmetic dermal science. Yes. So too I finished the cosmetic tattooing and I've been planning to open my business for a very long time, but I was like, I'm not going to open it until I finish prep and all of that. And then Corona came, COVID, sorry. And that pushed me back a little bit, but I opened it just in May, March, May, May, May this year. Yeah. So after you come, just after you come, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's in Mandra, which is lovely and I love it. And I'm still working at the pool shop, so that's fun. And also still studying at uni. 
Yeah, and still and training. And still training. Yeah, so you can do it, right? <laughs> like, for anyone listening that's like, oh, this is hard. And I travel every day for work. Yeah, so. and you drive, your coach is like the opposite end of your... Coaches in Wangara, works in Borogoon. I live in Mandra. Oh, no, yeah, it's all driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and in um, prep, like, posing lessons were either up... Uh, I went to Renee for yeah. one, and then I also saw Ainsley. Yeah. So I was driving all the way everywhere all yeah. the time. Yes, a lot. And um, yeah, a lot of time listening to podcasts like this. Pardon? A lot of time listening to podcasts. Oh yeah, <laughs> the car drives. I got through quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. It was good. I like. No, I love it. And you're saying like how you know during prep you went through a phase where you're doing a lot of cardio. Um, yes. What was your go-to for cardio? Like, were you, did you listen to stuff? Right, so I. I can't do the same thing for like every day. I'm not that person. I've got to change it up. So Stairmaster, I loved. I'll hit that. That's just easy. You can burn a lot of calories really quick. And for me, I'm not one of the people that could just set it on like a low setting and stand there for like in 60 minutes. Yeah. I would, I'm that person that you see running on the Stairmaster. <laughs> so I would set it up so high and I'd do like 20 minutes like... Intense. Intense. Or I also did... Um, I do a lot of like incline running and walking like intervals. I also got these really cool bands and I do like walking lunges on the incline on the treadmill set really oh, like yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, I love the, is it the Apple? Cross trainer? Cross trainer. Yeah, yeah. Cross trainer. Well, at the gym that I was at, because the gym that I was at during prep I've now changed. Yeah. Um, so the gym I was at, they had the cross trainer, but you could like change the gradient on it and the intensity, so it was like harder and higher. So I lived on that. I did a little bit of bike, and then I'd also go out. I'd walk every morning. I'd go for runs. So yeah. A bit of everything. Cardio, buddy. Yeah. 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 I did. And what was your go-to? Like, what would you listen to or watch while you're doing that? I never watched anything. I always had the music up really high, and I love, <laughs> I love WUMS. What? So like WUMS, like festival. WUMS. Yeah, that's, that's a word. I think it is. Oh, I know oh. that's what the really <laughs> young people call it. I'm, I'm 28. But like I'm considered young. Early, early in the morning, it'd be like WUMS, and then WUMS. Yeah, I'm I think that's what it's called. <laughs> any like young person listening will know. No, I don't I any person. Well, like drum and bass. Drum and bass is cool. I love yeah. drum and bass. <laughs> Um, but then I also like, what? um, <laughs> like um, Lil John, Lil Wayne, yeah. um, 50 cents, stop, leave me alone, <laughs> stop, you're really jumping. I'm so, so laughing at Wubs. Hey, um, I was listening to my Wubs on the way up here actually, <laughs> and I, I it's so embarrassing because I have so many people comment. On, like when I rock up to their house, like when they drive past me, how loud my music is, yeah. and I, I just like kind of dance in my car, and I just, yeah, like I, I, I'm so oblivious to like the outside, yeah, and I'm like I really need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Do you think? Uh, here's another question for you. Do you think you'll ever um, enter the fitness industry? Oh my gosh, everyone asks me this. I would love to. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. I don't have any regrets in life, but I really wish I didn't go to university. Um, I hate it. And at the moment, I'm just doing it to finish it, which sucks because I wish I could, like the amount of money I spent on it. I wish I could say that I love it, but I don't. Um, I would have loved to be 
a coach or something in the fitness industry, not just PT. I want to be more than a PT. Um, but back in high school, it was always looked on like, oh, you know, PTs, like, and I went to like private school and everyone wanted to be doctors or this or that and that. So I felt embarrassed mm. and I was kind of like, all right, go to university. And I regret that now. Yeah. And I, I like, I look back and I'm like, that was the worst thing because I'd rather do something that I'm passionate about. And I am very passionate about my fitness, always have been from a young age. So. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing, right? Is that, um, I had this conversation with Cassie, who's uh, one of my clients, and she's just turned 21, but you know, she, had the, she went through the same thing where all her friends wanted to go to uni, and she was like, and the girls above her at school were going to uni, they hated it, she's like, I don't want to do that. No. And, um, and I think that's why a lot of people uh, don't realize that um, the school system is made to make you an employee, you know, to make you work for someone else, which is which is fine because that's what makes the world tick, right? Yeah. That's what makes the world go around. So when you go, I want to go do something that will involve entrepreneurship or, um, you know, working for myself and building myself up and go, no, you can't do that. That's risky. Which I mean, it is, but so is going to uni and hating what you love, hating what you say. I hated school. I hated it, um, and I was you like, had the girl. Eating disorder school too. Pardon? You had the eating disorder all through school. I did, I did, and I never told anyone. So there was always rumors going around about where I disappeared to, and while I was like, always, always while I was leaving early, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't like. I had to move school, so I used to go to Iona, and I was a boarding student. But obviously, when I got diagnosed, I had to leave that school and come home, and I ended up going to Frederick Owen in Mandra. And that was hard, like moving halfway through high school is hard because people already have like their cliques, their friend groups. And I was just that girl that, you know, I was the weird new girl. And um, so I found it hard making friends and I am quite a shy person, like really shy, even though I seem really out there, I'm so shy. So I used to just sit in the library at lunchtime a lot of the time and study. Towards like year 11 and 12, I started like sitting with like my friend group but a lot of the time I would just study and I'd come home and I'd just study because that's what I was good at and I felt like that's all I was useful for so I just studied and I did well in school I did really really well and then I came out of school and I think because I spent so long studying I just I hated I didn't want to go straight back and study but I did because we had a lot of pressure in high school about wanting like knowing what we wanted to do in order and I think that's my biggest regret. I wish, like, I wanted, I wanted to do an apprenticeship so bad. I actually was going to apply for an apprenticeship at Alcoa, and I also sent in an apprenticeship. Uh, what's it called? An application to Woodside. I was like, I'm moving back to Carrara. I'm going to work at Woodside. But um, then I started working at Pool Shop and started studying. You are. And now here I yeah. am, but I'm but happy. happy. I'm yeah, happy. That's what that is, right? <laughs> and I've learned so much and I've yeah. had like oh my gosh, I look back, I've had so many like amazing experiences. And I think this is important, right? Is that you don't know what you don't like until you try. Exactly. And the good thing about you going to uni and doing what you're doing is that you realise it's not for you. But yeah. you wouldn't know that unless you tried. So yeah. yeah. Good on you. <laughs> yeah. Um next question is about 
Where do you think? Um, actually, that is a good one. So more to do with questions. Keep them coming. <laughs> more to do with social media. How do you think um, social media affects? Because we spoke about this a bit on the last podcast. Yes. But, uh, especially with mental health. How do you feel social media affects mental health, especially for girls your age? Social media is ever changing. Like it's evolving. Um, I would say. I think I said this last time. When I was little, looking at social media, it was probably a really bad thing because I used to look at all the Photoshop models and think, why do I not look like that? Why am I not pretty like her? Why do I have pimples? Like, why? I just thought they were so perfect all the time. But what we don't realise is, number one, there's photoshopping. Number two, filters. Like... I could get up, no makeup, look terrible, put a filter on and people think, oh my god, like, you look amazing. And I'm like, yeah. you can't actually see what's behind the screen. Yeah, no, it takes 10 years off. And three, people only share on social media what they want you to know. People aren't going to show you their shit days. People aren't going to show you when they're, you know, at rock bottom. They're only going to show you the good parts of their life. So you, you can't believe yeah. everything. And the thing is, you can be someone else on Instagram and this is what annoys me a lot and I I think it's funny because people that are close to me I don't have a big friend group um, I am very shy to in person and I have I like to have close friends that I know are going to be there forever and it's funny because my close friends always laugh at me like and yeah. some of them have told me like what they used to think of who I look like on Instagram and then when they meet me and find out what I'm actually like. You're so chill in person. Yeah, yeah and this is this is what annoys me. People look at my Instagram and they look at like the following and they think, oh she's this, 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 and I'm like, get to know me first before you judge. And I'm it saying, sucks yeah. because even like not just go- girls but guys kind of just judge and they think, oh yeah, she's like. and I get guys like talk to me and they're like, oh yeah, what's it like being like a social media influencer and I'm like sorry what? I'm not like I just I'm literally I'm just a normal person like I don't yeah that's not me I'm, Instagram's not my life but I love taking photos I love being in my ki- bikini I love yeah. going to the beach and that's what you post I love being a girl like I love beauty I love glam I love the gym so I do post like that but that doesn't mean like I'm a stuck up Instagram model that thinks she's all this kind of thing and uh, like I employ well, a lot of my clients are like girls, only found girls. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And yep. a lot of them get um, a lot of stigma from it. Yeah. And I, I love it so much because they take control of their sexuality. Yeah. They pretty much post the same things that most girls post on Instagram, just them in a bikini. Yeah. Yeah. But they get people pay them for it, and that's the that's the only difference, right? Is that people, because people <laughs> pay them for a photo of the bikini, people go, oh, There's you're a, a you're a this and you're that. And I think it's so awesome that a woman can take control of sexuality, charge someone for it, and make money off that as a business, and yeah. make you know quarter of a million dollars a year doing that from the safety of their own home, 100%. which is amazing. And I think it's so empowering to females. But you know, a lot of people, like one of my uh, girls that work here, Casey uh, Watson, you know, people online go, other other people that know me have never met her, and go, oh, she looks like such this online, or what do you think about this? And I was like. Maybe you never met this girl. Like she's so hard working, like one of the nicest people. Yeah. Just because you're judging them off their business profile, because at the end of the day, OnlyFans is a business, right? And your how you perceive yourself online to make money is what makes you money. 
Yeah. Um, same as like a personal trainer, same as like you know anyone else that runs a, any type of online business. Um, but you can't judge people online, it's just harsh. I've got a lot of, not a lot, but I've got quite a few friends that do do it and I think they're good on them. I don't personally do it myself, but I don't judge that. I think that's smart, like good on them and I feel like people should stop judging because yeah. unless you know someone, you have, you, it's yeah, that old saying, you can't judge a book by the cover and I feel like I do get that a lot on social media, people yeah. judge how I look and what my social media is like to yeah. what I am like. You're like the typical, um, what was it? You're like the typical beach model, I suppose. Like if you look Thanks. at your, yeah, <laughs> beach, beach model. I thought you said bitch. No, I said beach model. Okay, bitch. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Just clarify. I said I called Kia beach <laughs> I model. B e a c h. Okay, bitch. Yeah. Beach. What? <laughs> the thing it's is the like, same. Okay, bitch. Yes. Beach gotcha. model. Like, yeah. You look like that. You know. See, Young twenties, like very attractive, like blonde hair, oh, tan, you. like just you know, and you like just you got you got such an awesome aura of like um, energy about you and vibe, and you portray that online, like you have that in person. I too. hope so. I try. I want people to be happy, and I want to make people happy. So I hope people get that energy from me. Yeah. And it's funny. But like you're a fun person to be around. And that's what you have in life. And so it triggers, <laughs> it triggers a lot of people's insecurities who aren't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely, I have uh, a lot of, uh, what's it called? DMs? And I, I get so much <laughs> And I think the worst of it was I went through a really bad stage um, mentally at the start of this year during COVID because me being the fun, bubbly person I am was like, all right, I need to make some light out of this situation. So every day at work, we wear disposable masks. Oh, we did the one with the cover. Yeah, so and cool. instead of, because I was like, well, instead of chucking out the disposable masks, I'm going to make something with them. Yeah. So I made a bikini out of the disposable mask and I took a photo of it and put it up and the backlash I got from it. And then ever, and then TikTok, oh my gosh. I, I do TikTok as a bit of like, Sorry, piss take. Fun because I don't it know, is. I love it. Social media. And um oh what was it? I posted one and it was a Nicki Minaj song and it said it said the N-word. Uh, it said the N-word. Yeah. And I always sing this song but I, it, you don't realise it and I was just like mouthing the lyrics, doing the dance, and yeah. I didn't realise and some people on Instagram emailed this video of me to my boss at the pool shop to brands that I have like worn so I think loungewear was one of them and this other brand and I had my work call me up and I was like oh my god like Mm. someone from social media had like I was like what the heck and (laughs) dangerous out there yeah it is and I still get so much hate but now I just don't even read it. I honestly like yeah. I look at my DMs and I just I clear. Clean. I think yeah, yeah. All. That's the best thing you can do. Like so. carry on doing you because I posted something in my story the other day is um, if you don't want to do if you don't want to be criticised, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. If exactly. you want to be something, if you want to do something, and you want to say something, you will be criticised. That's okay. And you've got to be prepared to take that criticism. Like the hate I get now, it's fine. Like it doesn't bother me. Like I kind of find it amusing because. Yeah. They, those people, they don't know me. They don't know right. who I am. Um, they see the girl on Instagram, but they don't realize that same girl loves to go out camping. She loves to like get covered in mud. I love four wheel driving. Like people don't yeah. know all these other stuff about me. They just see that. 
kind Rich of thing. And yeah. yeah. And I think that's something that people struggle with to remember that social media is a social platform. It's yes. supposed to be social. Yes. It's not called a hatred platform or yeah. hate media. <laughs> um, the, like in uh, a lot of, if you're anyone that follows me or that I follow, like I always pump people up. Like freaking killing that. Like, because I like to. Um, I'm a big believer that energy breeds energy, and the energy you put out there is what yes. is going to breed. And so, the more energy I put out, I'm just pumping people up, even if I don't know you. You like, are so. a very humble person. Yeah. Like, for anyone that doesn't know you, you are very humble. Oh, thank so. you. <laughs> but I love pumping people up. I love being like, you know. I feel like it's rewarding. It. <laughs> it's rewarding to help other people yeah. and to see other people thrive. Yeah. You know? so. 100%. And that's. Uh, that's what gives people joy is um, having someone positive in life, even if it's a stranger online. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah, I think that people use social media more that way. I think it's cool how we can connect with strangers yeah. and have friends, so. you know? Yeah. And support each other in that way, even if it's just like swiping up to their story and being like, you're killing yeah. it or good job. Yeah. Like, it, it really makes someone's day. Like, those sort of things are free, just like a smile. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Oh, that's, I love it. I think that's um, that's the biggest takeaway for young girls and guys on social media is, you know, use that platform constructively to help other people. Don't jump on someone's profile. Like anytime I get a message from someone trying to criticize something I do and they've done never messaged me before, I just block them straight away. Because I'm like, yeah. I don't want to read your shit. You don't need like, that. That's because just... at the end of the day, you never get criticized by someone doing better than you. Mm. And that's a big thing in this industry is that you know, we get other coaches who go, oh, why are you doing this to a client? Why is this client doing that? And I'm like, look, my business is a lot better than yours, so I don't think you've got a place to say. Um, <laughs> but I don't say that. I just, yes. I just block or restrict the account. Yeah. I'm like, I could say something, but what's it going to do for me? It's not going to benefit me. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's someone I really respect and value, I always listen to them. Yeah. Um, but generally it's because they're doing better than me or something. Mm. Um, and I think that's the takeaway, like you said, you just got to ignore shit things on, like shit people online. Just be you, stay yeah. true to yourself, and... Don't let that dampen your light, too. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. And I wish I had known of this stuff before, because I used to get stuck up on what people would say to me and how people would judge me and all of that. I used to worry about what people thought of me, all of that, way too much, and it would get me so down. So down. Um, I was lucky, though that my mum is so supportive and amazing and I'd like come crying to her and be like mum like and show her and <coughs> she's actually like my number one supporter she's like honey like you're only gonna be young once like live your life wear the bikini even my dad like he's like you're a young girl like go out go live your life don't be stuck at home because you're too scared of what people are gonna say. Yeah. Like exactly. I even get nervous going out just into town. Like I've never been clubbing in Perth because I'm too scared. I, and when I go out to town with like my friends in Manjo, I even get nervous saying because I'm like, oh my gosh, like what are people gonna say? What are people gonna think? Like I'm gonna say something stupid. <laughs> Sorry. If you haven't met Pia, she's like the most adorable personality. <laughs> she's so cute. Like just like, you know, um, like shy and just like, I don't know, you're just, you're just you, <laughs> which is rare. Um, a lot of people try to be so many other things, like, and you, you suck at trying to be anyone else. You're always going to be good at being yourself. Yeah. yeah. you got to be friends with yourself and learn to love yourself. Yeah. That's it. I think so at the end of the day, you're stuck with yourself forever. So. Yeah, you're stuck with <laughs> If you don't like you, who else is 
not going to like you. Exactly. Yeah, self-love. Like, uh, I used to get told this a lot in high school is that I love myself. I like, oh, you love yourself. I'm like, oh, I'm just proud of myself. There's nothing wrong There's, with that. Like, you just, you know, if you love yourself, then that's a positive. The yeah. difference between arrogance and self-love. Um, yeah. My mum was also big on that. And the thing that she always used to say to me was like, um, I don't know how she said it. She said it in a really good way. But I don't know if it's going to make sense me saying it. But she was like, she's like, you came out of me. Like, like I created you. She's like, don't, don't tell yourself you're like ugly and all of that. She's like, you come from me. You're my daughter. Your looks come from me. So don't say like you're ugly. So saying she's ugly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get that. But she said it in like a really cute way. And I love my mum. I look up to my mum. And I remember like sitting on her bed like, when I was probably like, on my way to kindy and just watching her get dressed and brush her hair and do her makeup and I used to think she was a princess like growing up I always wanted to be like my mum she's an amazing lady so that's cute I think that's so I mean I've probably said this about a hundred times already but that's uh that's something for a lot of young girls is having the right role models in your place yes it doesn't always have to be parents because like I come from a very poor family um my parents were not people I looked up to but I attribute a lot of success I've had in life thanks to them because I didn't want to be like them. Yeah. Um, so that's using, amazing. Yeah. That is really cool. And it's just perspective. Like I could sit there and blame that, you know, your parents couldn't afford to pay school fees, couldn't afford to buy new clothes or anything like that. Like we always have to move house because they couldn't pay their rent. Yeah. Like I could go and look at that as a negative or I could look at it and go, I have my shit together now because of how I grew up and I didn't want to be like that. That's so, the difference between people that are successful and people that aren't. The ones that are determined and want to make that difference. Yeah. So, good on you. Oh, thank you. But then that's like the point is that, you know, you have a mum to look up to and use that as positive. Yeah. And regardless of your situation, regardless of your upbringing, you know, people might look at you and go, oh, you know, because of this, you've got this. It's all well, no, it's because you looked at it from a positive light. Yeah. And that you use that to be where you are today. Yeah. I think I wrapped it up. It does. That was a good podcast. It was. I feel like we could talk for ages. I know, we could. There's so much. But (laughs) you've got to go. Oh, we just pause that.